Hey y'all, this is your host, Elise Robinson, with Nobody Wants to Work Though podcast. I hope these stories will inspire you to switch careers. I was an auditor in my past life, and now I'm in tech. And let's get to it. We are Switch Into Tech, tech resources to accelerate your career in information technology. Monthly classes on tech topics. We offer free or discounted exam vouchers, scholarships, free Udemy courses, free events, free boot camps, and more. You can find us at www.switchintotech.org. Hey y'all, this is Elise Robinson with the Nobody Wants to Work Though podcast. Today we have Sonia and uh, she is a technical support engineer and she's going to tell us how she got into big tech and uh, she has a book now. So go ahead and tell us about, you know, your your journey, your introduction. Yes. Um, thank you for having me on your show. Um, I started out um, in college looking for an internship and actually I wanted to be an accountant and <laughs> they, they didn't have a whole lot of accounting internships at the time and uh, what was available was computer science so I said okay I'll switch my major and that's how I got into big tech I uh, started my career with a, a company that no longer exists, but at the time it was big time. Um, it was Nortel Networks. And Nortel, you know, of course is out of business now, but at the time they were selling trunks and networks for uh, to little baby bell companies. And uh, they thought the phone lines were going to be uh, the next thing forever until mobile phone came mobile phones came along so that's really where I got my start at in uh in tele telephony I guess you could call it um I always wonder how you say it it's not telephony no it's telephony telephony I think it's I think it's telephony I'm I'm gonna google it later and be like you know google it later Um, accounting to computer science. Now, I mean, I love me some computer science and accounting. Like I can, I have a whole podcast, business brain versus my tech brain, because I can use both. You know, I love math. I love chemistry and physics, but I also love me some accounting, right? And that's a huge change and a jump. Like, how did that work? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was motivated because you know, my I came from a middle class family, and my mom worked two jobs to put me through school. And right when it was time for me to uh, start school, my father lost his job um, from a company called Dupont. And so he uh, he went on his own career transition <laughs> journey. And so it just basically left my mom trying to support me in college. So I was serious about making money after I got out of college. And when I started um, my college career in computer science, I had professors coming to me and saying, oh, you're a minority. 
you know, and you're doing well in computer science, you could go to graduate school for free. And so that's what I ended up doing. I ended up uh, leaving, uh, graduating from UNC Charlotte. And then I went to University of Virginia graduate school and in their in school of engineering. And I uh, got a master's in computer science there. All right. Okay. You did that. You did that. Um, yeah. Yeah. You, UOV is, is big. Um, gosh, I'm, I'm sitting here like, what do I want to ask you after that? Because, yeah, so, yeah I'm, I'm just like, it's, yeah, being motivated. Yeah. Because I, I tell people all the time, like, I loved audits, but I hated accounting. I would never be an accountant. <laughs> so I, I took like accounting one and two, like I think like I tried like three times before I was like, okay, I'm gonna buckle down and get it done because accounting is the language of business. You know, I saw that the auditors could work from home. I mean, you could work anywhere on the globe. So I was like, All you right. know, let me, let me get it done. So, you know, for those out there that are watching, listening, you know, even if you hate it, there's, there, there's good parts in it that you will like eventually. <laughs> Um, cause yeah, I loved, I loved audit. I love tax. I love tax too, but, um, accounting, accounting, managerial account, cost accountant. Oh, I, I could never, never touch it. Um, so yeah. Um, here's a fun question for you. Um, what did you want to be when you grew up? When I was a kid, like when I was 10 years old, I wanted to be a missionary doctor when I was 10. Yeah. Why did you want to do that? Like you just wanted to like help people and go travel around? <laughs> Basically, I wanted to travel the world and help people. And, you know, I like little kids and I wanted to, you know, how you see these commercials on TV where they had the little kids that are sick and these missionary doctors come through and fix their cleft lip or whatever. That's what I wanted to do when I was 10. That's funny because my sister, she is in healthcare and she's been traveling around for whoo, past three years because of COVID. And so, you know, when I was in Houston and stuff like that and working for, you know, in big tech, um, you know, I would I would help out with my nephew and stuff like that because she would be gone. But I mean, the money yeah. it was ridiculous. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I can I can definitely relate to that that hope and dream. Um so uh, let's see, you talked about where your career began and what your first career was. What was your first career when you got out of grad school? Like I said, I worked I work for Nortel Networks. And okay, yeah, yeah, you did uh, uh, tele telephony. <laughs> telephony. <laughs> yeah, it was basically networking. So, you know, okay. I was a programmer for them. Um, I programmed in a, a proprietary language called Protel, which was a, a a mix of Pascal and that that ages me. That puts a lot of age on me. I, I know you guys talk about it. You guys talk about Pascal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and and then uh, I started programming in Perl uh, uh -huh. and. Uh, C++ mm -hmm. as well while while I was at Nortel. So they weren't too far behind, 
but they did have a proprietary language um, for their switches and trunks and switches that they had. Um, and then I left there, I left Nortel in um, 2003, it was 2003. And I went to work for Sony Ericsson testing uh -huh. um, cell phones. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and texting had just come out really <laughs> and uh so I was uh testing cell phones and stuff like that but um and then after I left Sony Ericsson I worked for a financial company mm -hmm. and um I got fired from the financial company uh -huh. and this is my horror story <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> interview um I went on the interview and I was really embarrassed I thought no one would want me ever again after being fired and the reason why I got fired is because I was an underperformer mm -hmm. I happened to be taking some medication that caused me to have like a slow reaction uh, like mm -hmm. my my motor skills weren't quick. I wasn't like this. And that particular company um, was based out of New York City. So can you imagine me, a Southerner, surrounded by all these New York New Yorkers, and they're going, let's get it done. Let's get it right, done. Right. <laughs> and I'm on this medication and I you know, my response time is not quick at all. So to them, I was an underperformer. Okay. Okay. Definitely understood. Um, I will say my first, my first real job, my first federal job, I, I, I didn't get fired, but I got in trouble a lot. And it's because I had moved to Boston and I'm, I'm a Cali girl. I think Sacramento is like the third most sunniest city in America and wow. to go from that to Boston really go weeks without seeing the sun oh I, it almost killed me literally well, you probably and, went into depression right yeah 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 and so I was on meds and stuff and that the meds almost killed me and had me with issues um so yeah I, I can definitely relate to that but you know they couldn't really fire me because it's government but you know if it was private industry oh I would have been let go because I think I must have missed like a good month of work <laughs> you know off and oh, on. Wow. I was negative on my leave and, and a whole bunch of stuff literally when I left the government like I, I had to pay back leave I owed the government money <laughs> so I, I understand and I can totally relate on being sick and, you know, trying to work, you know, so, Absolutely. Um, so yeah. Um, so, uh -huh, go ahead. So, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but, okay. uh, um, yeah, so I, I, I got fired from that job. And so I, I, I actually took about six months where I didn't even put my resume out there. I didn't, I think I was in in a, a, a small depression because I was like, woe is me, you know, nobody's ever going to hire me again after being fired. But um, so this is the story. 
went on an interview and the lady was like, so what happened? You know, why did you leave your last position? And I said, well, I got laid off. Well, we both know it was a layoff of one, right? <laughs> so, and since I'm a Christian, I was like distraught. I went home. I couldn't eat. I didn't want to sleep. I was pacing the floor because I was like, here I am. I'm supposed to be a Christian. And I just lied to this lady, you know, about what happened to me. I know I should have told the truth, but I, I, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't hire me if they found out I had been fired. And I found myself praying to God, going, God, you know, what, what am I going to do? Because I, I need to help support my husband and my family. And um, at the time, I was the one carrying the health insurance because my husband was self-employed. And um, I, I was like, I got to get back out here, you know, in the corporate world. Um, I'm talented. I'm well-educated. And by that time, um, you know, my health issues had somewhat changed because um, my, they, they changed my medication. But um, so I prayed to God and I was like, God, just give me another chance. And then once you give me another chance, I'll stand in my truth. I'll tell the truth and I will, you know, whatever they ask me, I'll tell them that I actually got fired. So that was a deal I made. Just so happened, a few months later, I got another interview and it was um, at a company that was new to the area, new to the Research Triangle Park area. And um, I was surprised they even called me in, you know, but I went on the interview and um, it, it, it went fairly well. I was, I was really shocked how well it was going. And then of course they asked the question, why did you leave your last position? And I said, well, it was not a good fit and I was fired. And so they said, oh, we're surprised because you were there over 18 months and um, you came highly recommended. And I said, oh, really? And they said, yeah, and actually they recommended you so well that we we're tired of interviewing people. They were real transparent. They said, we're tired of interviewing people and we want to hire you. So they hired me. Well, he told me and, and I said, well, who recommended me? He said, this is not her real name, but he said, Jennifer recommended you. And she said that you were a good worker. You're very enthusiastic and that we should hire you. I said, okay. So that night I was like, who in the world is Jennifer? And I was like pacing back and forth trying to figure out who this person was. Then I thought about it every morning when I went to work, there was this young lady in the break room and we would have coffee together and she worked in HR. So that was Jennifer. <laughs> 
and she she just happened to see my resume and told him, yeah, y'all, you guys need to call her because she she's a she's a good person. So they hired me, and I ended up working for that firm for eight years. Yeah. Um. So then, um. In 2010, I started uh, writing a blog because a lot of friends of mine, they felt like, you know, they couldn't believe that I got hired after being fired, number one, and I got hired in the middle of a recession in uh, 2008, 2009, and so I told them, you know, it, it took a lot of prayer, and um, and it and it took a lot of you know, networking, you know, it's a lot of times when you find a job, it's someone that you know is on the inside of that company. So, um, so then I started a blog called blessthework.com. And that's where I started writing uh, prayers and writing blogs to encourage people on, on their journey. Then in 2020, when the pandemic hit, I was distraught because there were a lot of people losing their jobs. And I felt like, there were, I was like, God, what can I do to help these people? You know, this blog is not enough. I need, I need to do something more substantial. And so I was led to write the book, God, please help me find a job. See this. <laughs> and um, and it it was really on my mind for a long time, you know, and it was it's kind of a passion project. I, I couldn't stop writing the book, uh, thinking of ideas. And so what I did was I took some time off work and checked into a hotel. Nobody was there but me and the person at the desk because everybody was locked down. And <laughs> um, I spent the time just writing and um, praying about it and, you know, just eating and writing and praying. Um, and so I ended up with a book and uh, I had my editor edit it and then what that what I did was I had several career coaches, HR personnel, and ministers to like review the book and give me suggestions on how I could make it better. And um, then uh, in three weeks, uh, we published the book, and it was it was very successful. And I feel like it's still relevant today because there are a lot of people being laid off um, at this time. In fact, about three weeks ago, my manager was laid off and um, several of my colleagues um, were laid off as well. And it's, you know, I think we're finding ourselves in a recession all over again, you know, um, especially, you know, in tech, a, a lot of people are being laid off. And um, I just want people to know that God is um, a career coach. He can help you, you know, if you only spend time with him. 
one of the things that I um, like to do is I like to um, read the Bible and kind of compare it to some things that are happening today. And I feel like Jesus was the first career coach. Because if you look in Luke, I think it's Luke 5 and, hold on a minute. Yeah, Luke 5 and 2. And this is the story of Peter and some of his friends. They had been out fishing all night. And then they come in and Jesus gets in the boat and starts ministering to people. And then he turns around and says, Peter, launch out into the deep. And I'm sure Peter was like, look, I'm a professional, you know. And but the the person was Simon Peter. And Peter said to him, you know, master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. So he was basically saying, I know what I'm doing, but since you're Jesus, we're going to follow your instructions. And then they caught, you know, they had a net breaking. They had so much fish, the net started to break. And then they shared with their friends and all of that. So I said all that to say is, you know, when you humble yourself and spend time with God, he can give you pointers and download things to you to, to give you direction. Whereas just like in Peter's case, you know, he thought he was the professional. He thought he knew everything, but Jesus is a miracle worker and he knows the end from the beginning. So he can give you pointers of things to do, where to go, who to talk to. For instance, the last time I got laid off, um, I had give, been given two months to find a job internally. And what happened was um, I interviewed like four or five times, but I never secured a position internally. So I started searching externally because they were going to give me like six months severance. And my goal was to find a job uh, before the severance ended. So I started talking to all of my friends. And that's one of the things um, that I would like to say is a lot of times there is a hidden network of jobs, like job openings that are not advertised on LinkedIn and all the social media job boards. You know, it's somebody that you know. And the best way to get hired is have your resume handed to the hiring manager. So that's what happened to me in uh, that role. I was given the phone number of the hiring manager and a good friend of mine gave her, the hiring manager, my resume. And she called me the same day and we did the phone first phone interview. And then the next week, she invited me onto the campus to interview with you know, everybody that was on the team. And eventually they hired me. And it was all because I I just happened to 
call a friend of mine and say, hey, you know, I'm getting laid off and I got six months to go. And she was like, yeah, they're hiring, you know, here at my company. Why don't you send me your resume? And um, but uh, that is that's an easy way to to get a job is through somebody that, you know. Definitely. Um, you touched on a lot. Um, <laughs> my thing is, oh, I've been fired many, many times. <laughs> um, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur um, ever since I could breathe, you know, I, I, ever since I was born. Um, so, you know, that's what I've always strived to be. I've done it, made it, failed, uh, you know, COVID messed up some stuff. Oh, the recession messed up some stuff. Um, so I've I've done it many, many times. Um, I guess a bit, they say that you have to fail like, you know, 30 different times as an entrepreneur before it finally hits. But, uh, you know, my whole thing is with the, the honesty, it's to me, it's like, I don't really care to lie. I, I just don't see a point in it. You know, all this, this, you know, politically, politically, politically correct and having to sugarcoat stuff just doesn't make sense to me. It's like, okay, well, I was fired, you know, stuff happens, you know, it's like, okay, people have to work to live and, you know, all this other kind of stuff. And it's like, sometimes it just wasn't a good fit, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's just like, you know, and these dumb questions on, well, why do you want to work here? Well, I have to work to live. You know, I got to eat. That's an interesting I don't rightly care if, you know, because I, I don't like makeup, right? I will work at Maybelline if the, if they going to pay me, me, you know what I'm saying? So what difference does it make? Like, I, I got to sit up here and lie and say, oh, yeah, I, I beat my face every day and you know, it, it's, it's just dumb to me. I'd rather somebody come to me and say, hey, you know, this is what happened. You know, I'm, do I'm doing better now. And this is the skills that I have. This is what I'm trying to do. And we can go from there, you know, because this this little sugarcoating stuff and all this other kind of stuff is is just ridiculous as can be to me. I, I don't I, I don't really care to put on a, a show. <laughs> That's, that's my issue with it. Um, so yeah, you know, my mom was always like, "Yeah, you you just need to go ahead, either work for the government or be an entrepreneur, because private industry is not for you." And you know, I have found that to be true. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know, there's the long term and the short term goals. I'm like, bro, like. COVID was just like right there. Like I don't have no short term and long term goals. I'm trying to make it till tomorrow. <laughs> you know? So, Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. So I don't I don't believe in the covering up and the sugar coating things because stuff happens in life. You know, the whole question on uh, you know, why do you leave your last position? I mean, I have a a, a sick sob story. And as soon as I I say that you know, my mother passed away, you know, it's like, it turns the, the interview negative and they're like, oh, well, you know, I don't want to deal with that, you know, and, you know, I never get a call. Right. So it's like, certain, to me, certain things shouldn't be asked 
anyway, but, you know, in the, in the scheme of things, it doesn't matter to me, you know, because as someone that has hired people, I'm looking at your skills and what you can do for me. Can you make me some money or not? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. When, when I was in the position to hire people, it, it was a little bit more than that because I wanted to make sure it was a good fit for the team. Because there were some people that came through that were very, how can I say it, pushy. And that was that was not a good uh, attitude or not a good um, emotion for the team, you know, to have someone that would, would bully other people on the team. So it, it was more than... And and I knew the person had the skills to do the job, but they were they were just a very, how can I say, aggressive type person. And um, they were so aggressive that when we chose not to go forward to the next stage of the interview, they uh, wrote us emails and said, <laughs> and said "It was probably me." No. <laughs> <laughs> they wrote us emails and were like um why didn't you hire me I'm more than qualified for this job and you know just really ranting and I was like this is why I mean my whole thing is is like I think people deserve feedback to an extent but you know there's there's a certain kind of way to come out come you know come at someone you know um, and my thing is, you know, with the hiring aspect of it, it's like people go from this person to that person in relationships. And then, you know, that doesn't work out. What would be the difference between, you know, hiring someone and it doesn't work out? You know, that's, that's my whole thing. You it's know? very expensive to hire someone and it doesn't work out. It's, it's very, very expensive to be in a relationship too. So what, what's the difference? What's the difference? People have lost their lives and their livelihoods fooling with the wrong person, but yet they don't do as much research as these jobs do. So what's the difference? I would say the difference in a relation, you're talking about a personal relationship, yeah. right? Yeah, you know, they're, they, they're all in my personal life and in my my butt, literally almost, you know, I'm taking P tests and all this, but yeah, you, you're not doing that. Rob around the way, you're not doing it, you know. So, you know, what's the difference? What's the difference? <laughs> I think I think the difference when it comes to a corporation is that a corporation wants to test you from all aspects to see number one, are you a person of integrity? That's why they test you to see and number two they test your urine or whatever to see if you're a risk because if you're on drugs or if you're addicted to something then that's a risk for that corporation so that's why they they test your body look I didn't been on some jobs and then people been in relationships and they arguing and I mean being violent on the job and I'm like y'all y'all get free people obviously very good you know what I'm saying so y'all it's like y'all need to scream these these people coming on the job y'all need to scream these people relationships and that's all I'm saying is like okay the CEO didn't screen his boo thing you know but yeah he want to scream me 
And so, you know, she coming up to the job, you know, throwing stuff and cussing and I got to hide and all kinds of stuff. But, you know, you tested me, though. You tested me. (laughs) I don't don't understand why you tested me, but you didn't test your boo thing. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Well, um... Do you want to talk about my uh, tips for acing the job search? Yes. What are, you know, five, 10 tips that we can do to ace the job search? Okay. These are five. Number one is rehearsing wins. So a lot of times when people get laid off from their job, they're like I was or get fired. They were like, they could be like I was depressed feeling bad about themselves, their self-talk is very negative. And if you, you can start this even now where you, where you're working is to record your wins. Like if you did something to save the company money, you did something to improve a process. If you did something to uh, wow the customer, then Record that so when you have your next interview, you have a positive story to tell when they say, so what did you do at company A, B, C, and D, you know? Um, So that's that's the first thing is rehearsing. I'm going to stop you there. And I got a question. Um, So what happens when you have all these accomplishments, you know, these wins, and it's more than what your interviewer has done. And they say little slide things and comments and, and stuff like that. Because I've, I've experienced that. And outside of that, they are from being an entrepreneur. I can, I can honestly say that I haven't had too many accomplishments on my job um, because it was the type of job where I didn't, I couldn't get accomplishments. And then if even if I did get accomplishments, I wouldn't be able to talk about them anyways, because I, I worked on a lot of classified stuff. So okay. what can you do in those situations? Well, um, if you work in a classified environment, I'm sure there's something that was not classified that you did. <laughs> no, everything was classified. Wow. Um, I don't know. Maybe you could talk about your side hustle. You yeah, see, and I've run into issues with that. They're like, you ain't got nothing on your job. I'm like, because I, <laughs> I can't talk about the it. Job, the job is to, to eat. Like, I don't care about the job. It's to eat. <laughs> right. You can't talk about the job because it's I care about. <laughs> yeah. You just tell them, if I tell you, I have to kill you. Uh, so but yeah like I I was in an interview one time and it was it was you know a white guy and stuff and he had all these accomplishments and stuff and he he's literally in an interview talking about I'm scared of you and I'm like for what like I didn't even really do nothing in my book but anyway it's like I'm I'm looking at you like I'm trying to get like you but uh yeah I've I've experienced it a lot you know um I mean just off the fact that I've 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 lived in another country and I speak another language, you know, they're like, you know, what, what is, what is this? (laughs) So, I mean, 
you know, I don't know if they're interviewing me just to to looky loo at me or, or or what. But you know, I get in these interviews and they're like, yeah, so you know, you know, your accomplishments a little bit too much, and you know, you being an entrepreneur, they think that I'm going to run eventually. You know. Yeah, because they may feel like you're overqualified. But one one thing I want to put in your head is that when you're interviewing, you're you're also interviewing them to see if it's a good fit for you. So because if you're in an environment where from Jump Street, they're saying, I'm scared of you, you may not want to take that job. He, it wasn't the hiring manager. He would have been my coworker, and I'm like, for what? You still, do you want to be in that environment where somebody <laughs> is is already competitive with you from from the start? Um, I don't know if that would be somewhere I would choose. Yeah, no, I did, I, I didn't. I, I ended up doing three rounds, waste of time, and yeah, I didn't get chosen. So it was like, okay, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I run into it a lot because my, my resume, my LinkedIn is very thorough and, you know, they're like, who is this person? And I'm like, uh, you know, I, I ain't got no reason to lie. I, I didn't did it. <laughs> I right. mean, I look like I did it, but I did. <laughs> right. right. So, and you're well qualified. So, I mean, a lot of times we don't look like our qualifications, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people are surprised when when you walk through the door because you don't look you don't look like what you look like on paper. So man, I'm so glad that we can do interviews over the camera and I ain't got to drive 20 miles to have them book their eyes anymore. <laughs> I could just I could just press you know record on the screen and you know have it for safekeeping <laughs> now. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, those those were the bad days when you drive twenty miles and they'd be like. <laughs> but uh, go ahead, next one. What's the next one? Take baby steps every day towards your career goal. So if you're looking to make a career change. It it's, it should not, or it it's probably easier if you start out doing something small every day, like changing your resume on a day or, and actually I have a, a, a free download on my website. I'll show it to you. It, it's, um, can you see this? It's probably... It's 21 days of preparation for your next position. And it's it's a, uh, what do they call it? I forgot what they call it just that quick. It is, oh gosh, I'm, I can't think of the, the word. Uh, uh, infogram or infogram. Yeah, there you go. Uh-huh, uh-huh, infographic. Infographic, that's what it is. Mm. Yeah, so um, it's pretty cool. I made it up a couple of years ago. And I felt like I wanted to give something away free to the people that visited my website. My website is blessthework.com. It's B-L-E-S-S-T-H-E-W-R-K.com. All right. Um, I got a question. Um, Sure. No, it wasn't a question. I just want to make a statement. Sorry. It's it's after six. (laughs) On a Friday. (laughs) Um... 
Yeah, I tell people all the time that, you know, you even if it's 15 minutes, 30 minutes, take a break, do it during your break, your lunch, whatever you got to do, but make sure you you do something towards it every day. Because um, if you don't, it won't sink in, number one. And number two, you won't make any progress. Um, one of my favorite sayings is time waits for no one. Um, uh, time is not, you know, infinite. Uh, when it comes to people, at least. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. <laughs> Not yet. Maybe one day. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I want to live that long. I guess it would depend on if I didn't, I don't want to say age, but more so have the, the I call them the hurts, you know, because, you know, when you age, you get, you get the hurts, the aches and the pains and stuff like that. Like, I wouldn't even mind getting wrinkled and, and all that stuff. It's the hurts that I'm scared of. <laughs> Take care of your body, man. <laughs> yeah, you can only do so much when you're talking about, you know, like falling and car accidents and stuff like that. But, you know, it's not more so of, oh, my organs are breaking down. It's more so, oh, well, you know, I got in a car accident. And now my neck is jacked up, you know. <laughs> yeah. So once they can solve that problem, I'm like, sure, I could be, you know, 600 years old, like, you know, vampire or something like that. <laughs> I wouldn't even mind it. So, but yeah, it's the hurts for me. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I want to be 100 because them hurts going to really hurt. <laughs> but uh, next one, what's the next one? Um, pick a scripture to encourage yourself. So one of the things that I like to do is I like to put scriptures all over my house, like write them on my mirror and keep them in my wallet. And um, so one of the scriptures is uh, Hebrews 11 and 1, which is now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so I think it's positive to have hope even in a situation where you feel like you need to make a career transition. And if you, if you don't have hope, you know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So you, you have to like exercise your faith as well. And that's why you need to be doing the 21 days or you need to be taking baby steps on, on a daily basis. So um, the fourth one is, Dare to dream big. And that's something that I'm sure you're very familiar with. Um, but a lot of people just want a job. You know, if you meet someone that's recently unemployed, they may tell you, I just want a job. I just want to do anything. I just want to do anything to make money. But I think you have to be strategic when you're job hunting or when you're searching for a job because if you don't know what you want, how do you know when you find it? So you have to know what you want. You have to be very specific, very strategic in your job selection. Because it's kind of like this. If you don't know what you're looking for, you know, you never see it. You never see it. For instance, like when I bought um, my car, uh, I bought a Lexus. Before then, I didn't see a lot of Lexuses on the road. Then after that, that's all I saw. Were 
<laughs> you know, so you know, so you recognize something that you you that you know that you want. You'll recognize it easier if you take the time, sit alone, get with God, and say, "Okay, what do what does my next position look like? What is am I going to work remotely, or do I need to see people? Do I need or do I need a hybrid position?" where I'm, you know, at home sometimes and in the office sometimes? Is it a specific company that I'm interested in working for, you know, one of the top tens? Or do I want to be in big IT? Or do I want to be in healthcare? Or do I want to do healthcare IT? Or do I want to work for the government? You know, you have to have a, a strategy and know exactly what you want and then those opportunities will find you basically you know when you start narrowing narrowing things down it's it will seem like those opportunities will find you or the opportunities are easier to find because you you've been strategic and you have done your homework you know you, you research the positions you know who who's hiring and who's not and what what is required and and you start to connect with people you can start connecting with people on linkedin you know who whoever the hiring managers are for those types of roles but um yeah you got to know what you want the um the fifth and final one is stay organized and keep a journal of your search. So that's one of the reasons why I created my second book and I'll show it to you. Can't see it from my big head. <laughs> this is what it this is what it looks like. So it's can you see it now? You're muted. I'm, I'm, so I'm on mute. <laughs> you have me. I'm, I'm telling you right there, and I'm on mute. <laughs> but we saw it. We saw it real good. We saw it real good. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it's a journal. Um, my first book is a book of prayers, but my second book is a journal that allows the reader to develop their own prayers. It kind of gives prompts and things for the the reader to create their own prayers, their own testimonies in the book and in the back of the book it has a job search organizer that allows you to record who you interviewed with what company what the phone number was what the website was what positions or roles that you applied for who you talked to how many interviews you had and it's a good thing to keep track of that one um if if your if your state is like the state of North Carolina, they request that information in order for you to uh, file for unemployment. So, you know, it's it's just a good place to keep track of all of that. Um, and that's all. That's all I have. The um, the tips. <laughs> that's all the tips I had. I can attest to, I never thought about doing the, the, the scriptures. Um, I just have a vision board 
where, you know, I get up like every morning, look at it. I'll do it probably in the middle of the day. And then before I go to bed at night and, you know, um, it works. At least it works for me. I, I crossed off some huge things last year. Um, I, I don't want to talk about it yet because I don't want to jinx myself. It's not 110% completed yet, but um, wow. yeah. And uh, I had been manifesting it since 2019. And, you know, wow. I thought it was never going to happen when COVID hit and all this other kind of stuff, but I finally got it done last summer. Um, so yeah, awesome. vision board, a vision board is definitely one that I, I utilize a lot and I recommend to people because I literally just write it out. People do pictures and all this other kind of stuff. I literally just write it out. This is what I want. And, you know, I look at it and, you know, it comes true. I'm not going to say I put in work all the time, but it came true. <laughs> well, that's, that's excellent. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> even the Bible says, write the vision and make it plain. So, so if you, if you have a vision board, I have a vision board, but I usually don't share it with people. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's, 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 I guess I, I, I share it after it's done, not, not necessarily while it's in progress or, right. you know, right. you know, I'm working on it, but after I, I, I don't really care because it's done and, you know, it's, it's over. Absolutely. And I, you know, the, the type of goals that I have is, is goals that, you know, not many people that look like me get done. So, you know, I don't mind sharing them at all when they are complete. Awesome. I'm but, excited about uh, it. Go ahead and tell us where to find you and, you know, we can we can cut it loose. Okay. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at blessthework.com and at bless and at blessthework.com. You can find my books on Amazon. If you Google, well, search, uh, God, please help me find a job. Both of my books appear. You can search by my name, Sonia Cameron, Sonia H. Cameron, and the books appear as well. Um, and that's it. All right. Thank you for coming on the show. My name is Elise Robinson with Nobody Wants to Work Though Podcast. We're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Of course, if you're watching us on YouTube, then that's where we at too. And uh, subscribe. And uh, this is episode number 27. We got three more to go. And then I'm going to close out the season because we'll be in summertime by that time. And I'm going to be in these summer streets. So um, see y'all next time.